0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's Gigi, oh my goodness She's always trying to steal our thunder
1: isn't she, oh, that, that Gigi that,
2: Yeah that's who she is I think, I think that's like basically paving the way for the rest of my life now <laughs> But welcome to Friday <sighs> Yes, welcome. We did it, we did it We did. we've made it, I don't know what week this is now mm. of like homeschooling and lockdown 3.0 But it's too many weeks for my liking Week hell
1: yes we, no do you know what I, I feel like um, you and I have been quite positive over the last couple of weeks and you know the homeschooling situation has got a lot easier for me because the little ones can go to preschool so that's yeah. like I'm so grateful for that I think everybody's yeah. situation is so different people yes. are really struggling some people are finding it okay because of their set up some people are in hell so I think it's like fair to say however you are feeling and whatever you're going through there'll be somebody else feeling it
2: yeah no uh, yeah do you know you're so right absolutely I mean I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders with Gigi starting nursery so having her there like two full days is just oh wow it is I can't even describe how nice it is like literally when me and Axel drop her off we like just go (sighs) as she's gone in (laughs) because the the volume in the house just decreases we relax it's just wonderful um would would it be fair to say that you
1: That you definitely, definitely have a favorite child. Would it be fair to say that? I
2: mean, <laughs> I mean I'm sure it will Currently. swap around, you know, week to week, it's different. In fact, maybe I'll start doing that every week on here. Favorite child of the week this week, Axel, <laughs> next week, might be Matt, might be Gigi, who knows?
1: You know, you know, my dear one have like track of the week, or well, we could do child of the week. Um, <laughs> yes
2: child of the week yes exactly my dog's
1: been real sick this week so she's not child of the week um but this <laughs> week it's kit no yeah okay all right we'll leave it with us we'll work on that feature for the podcast that could be quite entertaining um how um what's your what's your light friday gonna look like are you gonna drink you, you don't really drink do you
2: no i don't no. because james doesn't and i just no. find Drinking on my own, really boring. Also, I am pretty allergic to wine, which is rubbish. But I am now on the hunt. One of them... a few girls on Instagram actually said that they're exactly the same and so now we're all on the hunt for an organic rose so if anyone can find us an organic rose and it's decent I'll be back on it on a Friday night
1: I mean seriously I mean we're in lockdown so you know people have got a bit of time on their hands we'll we'll (laughs) find you an organic rose mate Um, yeah please (laughs) do. Friday nights have changed for me now actually Georgia because I have to get up at 3.30 on a Saturday morning because I've obviously started Saturday breakfast so no very small Smugly, I will not be drinking. Although I probably will just start a bit earlier, like two p.m. Yeah, um, I, mean- I definitely have a glass of wine. <laughs> nice, <laughs> it's how I get through the days, mate. It's how I get through the days. <laughs> um, this week, obviously, Children's Mental Health Week, and yes. um, it's a subject that is very close to both of our hearts. We're really yes. aware of our children's mental health. We talk about mm. ours a lot. We, you know, we are obviously looking out the sign up for the signs that they're not okay. Um, and and I guess. This week, uh, it couldn't have sort of weirdly come a, 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 a more strange week for me because very, very sadly, Isla's little dog Bo got hit and killed by a car. Oh, yeah, <sighs> little. How Beau. is Isla? Yeah, she's she's absolutely devastated. I mean, I kind yeah. of wanted to share this on the podcast because it was it was very weird timing. Suddenly, her mental health wasn't in great shape, and it's her first ever experience of grief.
0: Yeah. And you know,
1: she saw it happen and you know it was all very visible to her so we've been talking a lot about grief this week
0: uh, because she's like I don't
1: understand why I keep crying all the time and she says she feels really tired and she's lost her appetite and it's been a pretty horrible couple of days to be honest with you um but but one of the things because we recorded this chat a couple of days ago one of the things that came out of it was um our guests basically saying to us, you know what, you need to talk to your kids about these things. And actually, if they want to talk about death and they want to talk about grief, then talk to them about it. So I really really took that advice, actually, and I've just been trying to explain to her that it comes in waves and it's going to make you feel like this and potentially you might feel like this. And if you want to ask me any questions about it, you know, go ahead.
2: Yeah, no, do you know what that, what what Dr. Marta said about grief and just any, you know, any subject, just being honest and putting things in the simplest terms that you possibly mm-hmm. can is a really good way to have these conversations with our kids. I think sometimes like we overcomplicate things, don't we, because we want to protect them. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, it's probably the worst thing, you know, the worst thing that you can do. And I'm so sorry, Isla's having to go through this because it's really rubbish.
1: It's really rubbish. Rubbish. And obviously our kids were really close with Bo. Yeah. And I, I was
2: like, Oh God, what am I going to say to Luna? Luna was amazing.
1: I was like, listen, Aww. I explained the situation. I just kept it very, really, I kept it short, but I didn't gloss over it. And she was like, so Bobo's in doggy heaven. And I was like, yeah, she's gone to doggy heaven. She was like, Oh, grandpa Peter's probably taking her for a walk. And I was like, Oh my God. oh Oh my god that's my dad and um and and then she just moved on and she was just really there for isla just giving her lots of hugs and stuff so actually i think sometimes our kids are a bit more resilient a bit more understanding than we give them credit for
2: yeah no absolutely um i mean we touch on this in in the chat but i have been so worried about axel i mean i've spoken to you haven't i so like genuinely really really worried like to the point where i was thinking maybe i've I will phone the doctor like I'm not really sure he seems to have turned a bit of a corner this week but what's been going on say about three weeks I reckon he looks exhausted Like that's the only he he looks shattered he's got big dark rings under his eyes he doesn't have any energy um he is getting really upset about things he is not that child to get upset about things and moan about things like really never ever ever um He's always the, you know, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, no, you're really not
0: fine.
2: Mm. <laughs> um, we've had, I mean, there's been loads of things going on, like it, with going to the toilet. Like he goes for a wee and then he needs another wee and another wee and another wee and another wee, and, another wee and <laughs> it, it's, it's 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 hard. Sorry. It's really yeah. hard, yeah, because you, it's almost like you don't want to keep telling them that they're anxious and keep telling them that they're worried if they're telling you, no, 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 I'm not, I'm fine. You but you create an issue. Yeah. You don't want to create an issue, but then equally it's like, but I really know you're not like, I really, really, really know you're not because you look shattered. And you know, even people that we've seen like out, you know, you know, on our walks and stuff, who know Axel? were like, is he okay? He looks really tired. <laughs> yeah, I, know, yeah, I know. We covered all
1: the we covered all the bases, didn't we? I was like, yeah. is he going to bed early enough? And you're like, it's going to yeah. bed six
2: six fifteen. Yeah.
1: Is he eating well? Yeah, he's eating really well. He's got a great diet. Like, you know, you're the you're yeah. Stressed.
2: All of those things, yeah. exactly. I mean, he's sleep- sleeping twelve hours at night. Like, he relaxes in the afternoon. All that kind of stuff. And I think that's yeah. when you think, yeah, okay, th- there is something else going on. But um you know, Doctor martin has really helped me. Like, with this chat, and we're just going to monitor him. And I guess if we need to go and speak to someone, then we will. But I'm hoping getting back to school in a few weeks' time, hopefully, will you know, will turn a corner, kind of sort and him out a bit. We'll yeah. Okay.
1: yeah, yeah. And also, I think it, I think it's a bit silly for us to think that our kids are not being affected by this. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. that all will but I think definitely there will be cases where our children are definitely off kilter like this is affecting them they're yeah. not seeing their friends they're not socializing they're not doing normal day-to-day things they miss their sport you know that it, mm-hmm. it's it's really really challenging and I think things are going to come up so what we really wanted to do today um was to speak to a professional somebody that knows how children tick uh, this is her you know, absolute love working with families and their kids when it comes to kids' mental health. So, um, Georgia, who are we talking to today?
2: Today, we are chatting to clinical psychologist, Dr. Marta.
1: So, joining us on the podcast today, we're very excited about this, is Dr. Marta. Hello, welcome.
0: Hi.
2: (laughs) How are you? I'm okay. Thanks for having me. Do you know what? Thank you so much for coming on. I think... So many of us are so worried about our children at the moment. Um, You know, Zoe and I have both spoken about it at length, uh, pretty much daily, don't we, Zoe? Like we say, what's going on, especially with our older ones who are four, Axel and Luna, who kind of have a grasp on what is going on, but obviously they don't fully understand it. Um, And I think today we really wanted to talk about um, children's mental health and how we can support them and what's going on basically inside their heads at the moment and what we can do to help them.
3: Hmm. I'm I'm more than happy to talk about all those things. I'm really passionate about kind of working with kids and families, so yeah that's fine how old are your little
1: ones yeah so we've got we've got uh four so basically we've got three kids we've got five between us but seven four and two are mine and yeah. uh george's got four and 18 months, 18 months. Oh, wow! Yeah. so we sort of yeah. cover all of the areas but for people that don't <laughs> know um who you are marta and kind of a little bit about your background can you just just give us a kind of not you know a life history but just <laughs> tell us about who it's you are sure. and what you do. <laughs> it's a dating show marta so go <laughs>
3: Oh god! Wow, the pressure. So um, I'm a clinical psychologist, and I've been working with children and families for over 11 years now. I always think that my title sounds really grand, especially with the doctor label attached to it. So just in case, you know, for people listening who don't really know what a clinical psychologist does, I'm not medically trained, but I have done a doctorate, which basically means that I've done research. And I can understand and evaluate research critically um, and really in simple, simple terms. I work with children and their families and I try and help them overcome the challenges that they might be facing and support them in developing tools and strategies to kind of reach their preferred futures and make their quality life a little bit better. That's what I do, really, in a nutshell.
0: That
2: sounds pretty impressive, to be honest. (laughs) Um, I've read a crazy stat this week that said that one in six children um, will be suffering or potentially suffering from some kind of mental illness at the moment because of this, you know, the situation we're in right now. Have you seen a lot more kids and families coming to you this year?
3: Yeah, I think, I mean it's it's such a big topic, this. So yes, in short, yes, I've seen a lot more I and mean, I've heard a lot more stories about children who are struggling right now. I think the reality is that we're living in a global pandemic. And so it's normal to be struggling. Yeah. I think the thing with that statistic, it sounds so alarming, doesn't it? And yeah. I think the media often do that. They kind of blow things kind of out of proportion and exact, not exaggerate it, but they just give you that statistic. And actually the meaning behind it is probably very different from what people are understanding. So mental health is not one thing. it's It's not good or bad. Mental health is like a wide kind of, you know, multiple factors are involved in our mental health and we all have it. So yes, I'm sure one in six children are currently struggling with one of those factors that yeah. impact on their mental well-being um or overall well-being even but you know those things can be things like sleep or yeah. it could be things like appetite mm. or it could be things like socializing who is not struggling with socializing right now yeah. Yeah. um <laughs> or it could be about irritability so you know just small things being more irritable than usual or tears kind of showing up more frequently those are all signs that actually their mental health maybe being affected, Um, but those are all very, very normal symptoms of this very, very abnormal situation that we're living in. So I think, you know, if it's only one out of six children, I think that's pretty amazing statistic, because I would say, I don't think I've met a single adult me included who hasn't been affected in some way Mm -hmm. Um, and also mental health varies from day to day moment to moment you know it's not something that just stays stable it's a bit like our mood Mm -hmm. which is also obviously a sign of our mental health so children might wake up feeling like quite happy and then after a couple of hours on a screen trying to do schoolwork they start to feel frustrated and I would say yeah that's pretty normal because that's not normal situation to be in, to be doing your schoolwork in your kitchen or in your lounge. That's your home. So, yeah, I think that statistic can sound alarming. But when we understand it, when you can deconstruct it a bit, It's a little bit less scary, I guess. I don't know how you feel about what I've said. You might think that still sounds terrifying.
1: (laughs) No, I agree. This is something that I really worry about. And I think because of how I think, you know, I've been struggling with my mental health during this pandemic. I'm like, well, if I'm struggling with it, then, of course, the kids are going to be experiencing, like you said, some sort of mental health. Um, And it's very hard to, I guess, try and reason or try and explain to a four-year-old or a two-year-old what's going on in the world. And so it can kind of build up and you notice behavioral things that are changing. Or, you know, for example, Luna, she started to, um, you know, not be able to get to the loo in time. She never did that before. Kit has started biting. And then you're like, well, is this just, developmental stuff that they probably would have gone through anyway? Or is this related to the fact that we're on total lockdown and there's a global pandemic going on? It's it's a bit of a minefield at the moment.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think unpicking those two things is really tricky. It's probably a little bit of both. So children do kind of regress, if you like. I don't really like that word, but I would say, there's, you know, when they're learning how to become potty trained, it's not kind of, you know, it doesn't stay... Perfect all the time. Children have accidents, but it's more likely that they're having little accidents now. And whether that's because of worry or whether that's because they're distracted and their routine is so different to what it normally is that actually that routine of going to the toilet at school at certain times is not there. So, you know, your little one is kind of struggling to get to the toilet. Now it could be, a you know, many of those factors. It could be a little bit of everything. Um, same with the biting, like kids go through phases of needing more kind of sensory um, comfort, I would yeah. call it like yeah. soothing. And um, Some children are more sensory than others. Some of them really need that kind of outlet. Others, you know, won't need it as much. So again, to me, the biting is a form of soothing. So I would say, yeah, your ch- your children are probably just experiencing stress mm. and the stress for them will be a change of routine. So that might include having you at home all the time is a source of stress. Um, for who? For me?
1: Yes. For both of you!
3: <laughs> both of you! Absolutely! <laughs> Yeah, for yeah. all of you. Yeah. It's a source of stress. So, totally. um, you know, usually they'd be used to us at home with them at home rather than mummy's working, go away. Yeah. yeah,
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to navigate that, isn't it? It's hard to say to them, you know, what mummy's trying to get her work done. Can you please what go away it's like you can't you don't really want to send your child away but at the same time this is not a normal situation like how are we trying to juggle this and manage this it's literally like I feel like we're going to end up talking about our own mental health here but um, (laughs) it's just a very tricky situation for everybody involved isn't it
3: incredibly challenging it's an impossible task it's not humanly possible to work and parent and be a teacher at the same time it's just not yeah. possible. That we're not supposed yeah. to be doing it. Yeah. That's why children go to school.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I read I think it was it was on your Instagram the other day, um, about the ang- the signs of anxiety in children and it really struck a chord with me um my son Axel is four and he doesn't really complain about much um he kind of just keeps it all to himself and I notice things like Zoe mentioned about the toilet like he'll go to the toilet and then need another another wee and another wee and another wee and another wee and then he gets really frustrated and he's like I've just got too many wees or he'll be very irritable, like he can't relax. And for me, they, that's you know that screams that he's anxious. Yeah um, mm-hmm. how how do you you know how do you help your child when you not you know I know the reasons why he's anxious. You know he he was at preschool last year and then never ever went back there because it closed, yeah. just got taken away from him that routine. Yeah. And then now he started primary school in September, and then that's been taken away from him, and he's probably worried that he'll not you know he won't get a chance to go back because that's what Mm -hmm. happened last time how do you help you know how do you help them you know get through this kind of thing
3: yeah so the best way to help your child is to offer them a space to kind of talk and express their worries or their concerns or you know just how they're feeling so that would be kind of the first thing I think because of your little one's ages I would say children don't just express feeling through Words like you've both noticed, they're expressing it through their behavior or their bodies, and that's very normal. That's how like anxiety shows up in little ones. So try and think about using play and creative tools like drawing, looking at books. So if you look at books and look at like worried faces, you know, like don't necessarily read the book, but have a have a look for pictures and images and ask your child, oh, look. You know, for example, the, the Gruffalo's child, at the end, she looks really scared with the shadow. You could use that picture and kind of say, what do you think the Gruffalo's child's feeling there? Is She's scared. What is she scared of? And then you have like, right. And then you say, what about you? Do you ever feel like this? What makes you feel like this? So that opens up the conversation and it helps children kind of when they're not feeling the fear or the anxiety It allows them to kind of talk about it and think about it. So Mm. that would be one thing. Just offer the space to listen. When children feel heard and understood, the feeling starts to shrink.
1: Mm.
3: So that would be my first kind of tip. My second tip would be about helping them kind of practically problem solve. So once you know what the issues are, like if you think it is about school, then your child might benefit from you talking to them about what's going to happen. Yeah. When they do go back to school, you're not going to be able to make like promises about it won't close again, for example. Yeah. So it's about making short term plans, like while it's open, this is what's going to happen. Being very concrete. So rather than putting a judgment on it, you can say something about, do you remember when you were at the school and you really liked, I don't know, playing on the swings? You could go and play on the swings again. So remind them of the things that they enjoyed.
2: Yeah, yeah. possible,
3: and tell them it's going to be possible again. So we don't know when, but it will happen. Yeah, we don't know for how long, but while it's happening, you just kind of embrace it and help them, kind of you know feel that positivity and that hope. Um, but the best thing you can do is name the feeling when you see it. So especially that running to the toilet, you can name that if you think it's anxiety. Yeah. You can say that, oh, I think you just went to the toilet five minutes ago, darling. I think maybe you're feeling a little bit worried. And that's okay, but maybe we don't need to go to the toilet. So I'm here for you. Let's just sit together. Shall we sit together for a minute and Think about what's happening to your body. Where do you feel that need for a wee? It's here, it's in my tummy. Okay, what's your tummy doing? What's it saying? But you know, he's not going to wet himself because he's been to the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. What you're doing there is offering space to talk about the feeling rather than taking him to the toilet and kind of reinforcing that behavior of Mm. like that kind of butterfly feeling in their tummies that that often little
2: kids get.
3: Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, no, 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 it really does. Total sense. Yeah, oh, it's good. it's hard as well, like, to not get frustrated, like, especially, for instance, if we're just all about to leave the house for, you know, for a walk, I don't know, yeah. and you know what that takes, like, trying to get kids dressed yeah. and dressing out of the house, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a long old process, and then suddenly... He's going to the toilet and he's got, you know, and he, and he's crying and he wants to go out, but he's, he needs a wee and he needs a wee. And I find that really hard not to be like, oh my goodness, you just don't need a wee. Yeah. You don't need a wee. It's yeah. difficult. It's really difficult. It's
3: really difficult. I think in those moments, like it, it's actually harder for us. I think, you know, mm. definitely. And it's that stress of, you know, like we need to get out. So Put on your coat, let's get out. (laughs) I think in that moment, it's about for us taking a deep breath as parents, watching what's happening for our children. I always say take a pause before you say, come on, put on your coat. Just wait for a moment, watch. I need a wee. Breathe and then remember okay, this is anxiety talking to me. Yeah. This is not my son or my Mm. child. This is anxiety. And what does anxiety need right now? Okay, anxiety needs my calm. Mm -hmm. And anxiety needs me to just sit with it for a minute. So even if you're in a rush, because being in a rush does not necessarily make things happen faster, you know, Mm -hmm. it just kind of creates tension for all of you. So if you're able to breathe and go, okay, anxiety needs my calm. And then you can just say something like, like I just kind of said, like, okay, I think that's anxiety. It's around again. I think it's playing tricks on your tummy. It's making you think you need the toilet again. I'm not sure that you do, but that's okay. I believe you. Let's try and put our shoes on our coat first. And if you still need to go to the toilet after that, I'll take you.
2: Yeah. So yeah what you yeah.
3: do is you slow it down.
2: And then often
3: by the time they've got their shoes and their coat, then you could say, how are you feeling? So I wouldn't necessarily say, do you need the toilet? I would just say, how are we feeling? And your child's probably like, yeah, okay. And go, right,
2: let's go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it.
1: It's great advice, Marta, isn't it? brilliant advice. It's all these little tips and tricks that we need to have you on speed dial for. So what we've done is asked our followers to send in their questions and we wanted to kind of put them to you. Obviously, it it being Children's Mental Health Week, we thought you would be the perfect person to answer these and I'm going to kick things off with a question which actually I can kind of relate to as well is it normal for a four-year-old to be talking about death a lot and worrying about people dying because and my two have started shouting we're all gonna die we're all gonna die and I'm like we're not gonna die stop saying that we're in the supermarket on hour 22 um so where have they got that from and is it
3: normal So my answer, short answer would be, yep, it's pretty normal, given the current context that we live in. So lots of little children have heard the word death or dying, whether that be on the radio, on the TV, because adults are talking about it, because they've associated what's happening now with people dying. Mm. Four year olds, I think the really important thing to know is that four year olds do not really understand what the word death is. It's just a word, but it Mm. doesn't Like, have the same meaning as it does to us adults. And it won't have that meaning until they're about seven or eight. And that's to do with their brain development. So, things that children, for example, at this age really don't understand is that death is permanent. Because of their brain, they've got this thing called magical thinking. So, death is a little bit magical, it's a little bit, you know, like, Um, magic things happen like if you go to heaven or somebody goes to heaven they often will want to go with them or want to go and visit them that's normal because to them heaven is like Mallorca it's just a place (laughs) (laughs) they literally don't understand (laughs) so they will ask you know like that we're all gonna die I think at some point I would I always say if your child's talking about death and children are at the moment because It's been talked about, right? So you can't protect your child from those things. But I always say to parents, talk about it. Keep it simple and keep it honest. So you don't have to lie, make up a story, or even say things like, don't say that. Just say, oh, it sounds like you're really interested about death. Do you want to know more? Yes. Tell me about death, mommy. Okay. I'll tell you something about death. So then... Because I think one of the things that happens is when we hear that word death, and there are other words as well, as adults, we think that's scary. That's a scary topic. It's deep. I'm frightened. I don't want to touch it. But actually, that gives a message to our children, which is, I'm not allowed to talk about this, but I don't know why. So I'm just going to talk about it more because I don't understand And what your child is doing, what children are doing when they talk about death a lot without having a conversation Is they're trying to create meaning so they're trying to say well I don't know what death is so I don't know why I'm not supposed to talk about it so I just will but if you sit with them and explain very simply what death is like I said four-year-olds will not really understand it so I would very much ask that question what do you want to know about death what is it mummy death is a thing that happens to everybody It's a part of life. Anything that is alive in the world dies. Like you can use the example of flowers. Look, flowers die. Look, they're blooming and then they're gone. That's an example, for example. It doesn't have to be a person example. Bumblebees.
1: We put them back to nature in the garden. We take them outside when we find them in the house or like flies or whatever. And we're like, let's take it back to nature. And then we dump them in the garden. And we give them a burial, we sing a song or something.
0: Oh, that's um, so it's just, it's
1: That's nice a perfect nice. example. That's a perfect okay. example. Oh, it, my, my husband thinks it's like, it's like, what, singing another song for
2: a fly? I'm like, we're trying to make it lighthearted. get getting old. <laughs> God, we've been singing all day in my house. We have loads of flies. <laughs> we'll be right back after the short break.
0: Planning for your next trip?
1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information,
0: visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: So welcome back. Uh, Back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we?
2: Next question. Um, This is, I mean, there's two questions, but basically a lot of people have written in to ask how their own mental health may affect their child's mental health in in terms of like genetically or in terms of their behavior or yeah it just I mean lots of questions around like how much do you think a parent's mental health can affect a child someone said they've got a history of an eating disorder how can they protect you know their little ones from Mm. from that so I think I mean this is obviously a concern for parents who have a label is what i'm going
3: to call it a label a mental health label attached to them and i'm i'm somebody who likes to kind of dispel labels and kind of really think with parents and children like what does it actually mean to you to have this label and live with it so if we just think about something like an eating disorder my thoughts would be as a parent that the best thing you can do is to try and teach your child how to have a healthy relationship with food mm-hmm. but of course that's going to start with you Because if eating or food has always been like a tricky relationship for you, then you need to work on that. And the best thing you can do for children is model, model what you know good eating, healthy eating is. Same with like just any mental health label. Can you show your child how you cope with things? How you know parents who think, oh no, I've got an anxiety label attached to me. What does that mean for my child? I often think. This is an excellent opportunity. To me, they're all opportunities for you to role model what it's like when something big like anxiety or eating or whatever it is comes into your life and how you manage it. So don't hide it, actually talk about it. So if anxiety is around, for example, just say, oh, I can notice anxiety is around at the moment. Okay, I'm really struggling today, but that's okay because I know what helps me but say it out loud. Let your child hear it because they're learning from from everything that we do more than our words. They learn through our actions. Mm. So if they hear you say, I'm anxious or whatever it is, they will then say, okay, so anxiety is normal. My mummy gets anxiety. I get anxiety. So maybe it's okay to talk about it. And I learned the other day that when my mum feels like that, she goes for a walk. So then if your child feels that feeling, they might say, can we go for a walk? because I'm feeling anxiety just because they know it works for you. They're going to try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So think about, yeah, I always think that's normal to have that concern with mental health, but it's more important what you show
1: your child
3: because um, that's what they learn.
1: Is, is it ever okay to cry in front of our children and how much should we protect, should we be protecting them from what's going on in the world, in our lives, in our fears, all that sort of stuff?
3: It's an excellent question. So my simple answer is yes. Cry in front of your child. That doesn't mean sob in front of your child. They're two different things. Tears, absolutely. It's really important. I would actually say, particularly dads. I know that it's called Made by Mamas, but, you know, I'm hoping dads may listen as well. They do. they you know,
0: <laughs> show your
3: tears. Show your tears. It's so important. They're just a sign of being human. They're not a sign of something wrong with you or, you know, something like shameful. When you're able to show your tears and your child sees your humanness, it really is quite connecting and it, it's freeing for kids. They're like, oh, it's not a sign of weakness. Oh, I'm not weird when I cry. I'm okay. The way that you do it is by when you show your tears to explain. So, again, use your words alongside it. So something like I'm feeling really sad right now. I really, you know, I really miss nanny and family, too. But it's okay, You know, maybe maybe we should look at some photos and that will make me feel better. Do you want to come with and sit with me and look at some photos? So it's about kind of sharing. This is how I feel and this is what I'm going to do about it. And that really helps your child. You can also share like your reassurance about, you know, I'm okay. I'm crying, but I'm okay. So my daughter's seen me cry many times. And I often say to her, it's okay. Crying makes me feel a little bit better because it often does. I feel a little bit better when I release the tears. And if you feel like, oh, it's going to become overwhelming, you can say, I just need a moment, darling. And then you go and you have a moment. You're allowed your privacy. Boundaries are really healthy for your child. So make sure that you're meeting your needs as well but it's totally okay for your child to see
2: that. Um, I hope that makes sense. It's good to get the reassurance. There's another question here from Louise. Um, She says, my 10-year-old can't sleep, totally anxious, doesn't know why, gets in such a state and nothing helps.
0: Oh,
3: I would say that's really normal for right now. Again, we're in this completely abnormal situation and sleep has been really affected for, for everybody, I would say, actually, adults are really struggling with sleep as well. Um, also, this makes me think about like what normal sleep is. I think we often have this myth in society that once children sleep through the night, they stay asleep all night, every night. And it, things are easy. But actually, how real is that for us as adults? Like I really struggled to sleep two nights ago. No reason I can think of. I just couldn't fall asleep. So I didn't fall asleep till like one or two in the morning. And I was exhausted the next day. But our bodies sometimes are saying, yeah, we can't fall asleep. And there's a few factors at the moment that are also making this worse. Screen time has gone up. Massively.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And we know blue light affects sleep, and especially in little ones who are more sensitive to that. Um, we're not moving as much, like definitely not moving as much as we would normally. So, again, like physical exercise and movement that really helps with sleep. Um, we we have more worries and anxieties and kind of thoughts bouncing around that usually would go away through either distraction in every day, you know, when we're at work, or we like see a friend, or we bump into somebody, or we have an a, impromptu drink or whatever. And with our children, it's the same. When they go to school and they talk to their friends, or they're playing football or whatever they're doing, that just takes some of those worries away. But mm-hmm. at the moment, they're just kind of brewing with us. So it's normal for the 10-year-old, things to try might be think about what time they're going to bed they might actually need a later bedtime I know that sounds really strange but going to bed too soon and just lying in bed awake is really not helpful or you know conducive to sleep it's much better to go to bed a little bit later I would make sure children and adults have fresh air first thing in the morning So if you don't have time for a walk, open your windows, have your cup of tea outside, on your balcony, on your front step, get your kids to join you. I'm not even joking. It's really important to get that fresh air on your face, hitting your face for a few minutes. And in the evening, about an hour before bedtime, you want to dim all the lights. You want to make sure there are no screens around for a good hour before sleep and and have like a good bedtime routine whatever that looks for you because people have different things that they like to do so with a 10 year old it might be bath you know pajama story Mm -hmm. and then just think about maybe moving bedtime a bit like half an hour but sometimes asking your child at that point why why can't you fall asleep is really difficult because they don't have a why yeah they just have a Kind of brain that's a little bit overwired at the moment.
2: Yeah. What do you think about um weighted blankets? Yeah, I just think they so much rubbish. about them. Yeah.
3: Some kids love them. Other kids don't. Again, it's you know individual kind of preference. I think they can feel really nice. They just feel like a cuddle.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but some people don't like that, do they? I've like- heard some horror stories about those, George. Have yeah, a, yeah no, then we have, have a in about them saying they're super dangerous and things like that. There's so many conflicting reports yeah. on the internet about whether they're Well, I think the good little ones,
3: I probably wouldn't put a weighted blanket on a little one. So anything like below the age of 10, I probably would not. Right. Yeah. Because they, they will restrict, they do restrict movement a little bit. You don't want
1: them to end up underneath. No. yeah god oh send shivers um um here's a here's a question should uh should we be worried about the long-term effects of social distancing on young kids i mean what a huge topic right where do yeah. we
3: start should we be worried i think it's normal and probably sensible to worry yeah um i think little ones so below the age of around eight as long as they have and this is like a big as long as, as long as they have like um, good connections and relationships at home and they've got a nice kind of settled routine as much as possible. So routine for little ones is things like sleep, eat, play in like predictable times of the day. Um, they will be OK. Most of those children, as long as their homes are safe and secure and they will be OK. The problem is most parents are working from home. So they're not able to offer their child the kind of comfort and connection that they probably need. So that's one kind of risk factor at the moment for tiny ones. The biggest risk and the biggest kind of for me, the thing I worry about the most are the teenagers. So the tweens and the teens, this is completely abnormal and goes against their developmental needs of individuation, which basically means separating from their parents, developing an identity in terms of friendship, sexuality, their gender, all those kind of things. They're stuck at home with their parents. Mm. And we don't currently have any evidence-based like scientific knowledge about what will happen because this is like unprecedented situation so we don't know but they are the group of children young people that I worry about the most I worry about the impact this will have on their development um our social and emotional development I wonder whether it's just going to mean that they are that that, you know that they're not going to progress on the same developmental track as they would had there not been a global pandemic and we need to think about that and you know, put things in place to support them and offer them, you know, soothing and comfort and well-being and all that kind of stuff. If I'm really honest, the thing that's really bothering me at the moment, and I don't even know if, if I should say it. But no, you
1: should say it. Come on, let's <laughs> yeah, it be honest. Is. This is what this chat's about. Is school?
3: I have a real issue with the fact that children are doing school on screens as yeah. they are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think
3: it's actually detrimental to their mental health much more than the social distancing. this feels very different from last summer Mm. because it was summer um I think having this pressure on children and parents about homeschooling is really not beneficial to children and young people I think obviously young people and children need to learn but we need to be mindful that you know, the ability for our brains to grow and develop within like the context of stress that we're all under Mm -hmm. is really limited. So the expectation that children can have a school day at home is Mm. impossible. And I just think, I just don't think it's supportive of anybody's mental health, let alone Mm -hmm. children and young people. Um, I think it would be better if children and young people were only doing two or three lessons a day, controversial, but that's what I'm going to say. Um, And that they were much more focused in particular areas, but the rest of the time they were kind of interacting with um, their parents or each other or nature or playing. Playing is so important and beneficial to children and young people. And just releasing that pressure of, those kind of educational standards, which I just think are currently really unrealistic. Yes. And I feel for the teachers because it's not teachers' faults. Um, no, God, they're doing the an amazing really job. feeling this, yeah. exactly. And they're really feeling it too. They're really kind of, you know, they've been pressured to, to do this and they're doing a, a fantastic, amazing job. But I think many teachers feel the same that actually, that, you know, that it's not a classroom. Yeah. It's not homeschooling. Homeschooling is usually a choice some parents make.
2: Yeah, um, and it's not online either, is it usually?
3: No, no it's not. So it's really <laughs> tricky. So yes, yeah. I think it's normal to be worried and concerned. I think that's realistic.
2: Um Christine wrote in about managing anxiety around video social interactions. Example Zoom. So how can you know, how can you manage that? Especially with young children. Um, like Axel, for instance, has a meetup with his class once a week on Zoom. And they you know, it's for them to kind of I guess socialize but he's a completely different child when he's in front of that screen with all those faces he's shy he doesn't want to talk um whereas in a normal situation you know like if they're in the playground he wouldn't be like that how I mean do you just take the pressure off and just think well they don't like it they don't interact in that way I'm not going to do it and shut Mm -hmm. them off or do you kind of encourage them that this is the only way that they're going to get to socialize at the moment so again I'm going to be controversial <laughs> I'm going to say as the parents this is what I say
3: to the parents I work with you're the expert in your child you mm. know what works for your child if this doesn't work then I would totally support you in saying well I'm going to do this this distresses my child they don't need to be distressed yes. this isn't this isn't social contact for my boy or my girl whoever it is I'm not going to do this. It doesn't work. Yeah, I work for children and most, to be honest, most four or five year olds, they can't do the screen stuff. It's just it just does not work. It's not engaging enough. It's not, you know, it's, it's just not right within their developmental skills or capacity. But instead, it might be about meeting a little friend at the park every day for like 20 minutes which you're allowed to do with another parent and say I'm not going to do this but instead we're going to rotate you know like I think as parents you, you do have a voice and you can you can use it to advocate for your children, particularly right now.
0: Yeah. I think
3: for those parents who feel like because every situation is unique. So some parents will say, no, this is good for my child. I want them to socialize with the screen. Think about what works for your child. Does it work better if their video is not on? Does it work better if you put the screen on the TV? So it's a little bit more distance and it looks a bit more like it's a cartoon, you know, like something that they'd watch, but they're not a part of. Um does it work better if they just listen in rather than interact? Like some children don't want to talk to people on a screen. Um, so I think how do you deal with that anxiety? I would say you listen to it. You listen to it and you consider what's right for your child and you adapt as much as you can or you change it. Like you just said, you know, if it doesn't work for your child, then I would say, yeah, close the screen. It's okay. It's not going to harm yeah. your child. Um yeah. And you speak to the teachers about it. You kind mm. of say this doesn't work. Can, do you have any ideas of what else might work for my boy because this doesn't work for him?
2: Yeah, I mean, we could go on and on and on and on and on asking so many questions, and we have so many more. But um, just just to wrap up, what you know, what message would you kind of send to parents right now who are you know worrying about the impact that? the situation we're in is going to have on their children and you know where can they go for some advice and help
3: so I would say to parents this is you know things are hard because they are hard not because you're doing anything wrong you're not there is probably very little wrong with your child they're just responding to this very unnatural situation and their bodies and brains are doing the right things which is kind of send out a signal of alarm and kind of say help something's not right with me. The best thing you can do is connect with your child, offer them a space to talk, give them some soothing and comfort with your like loving touch, connection, play is excellent for little ones and teens, and it's good for us too as adults. And if you are concerned, then a hundred percent always just seek medical advice or professional advice from a qualified healthcare professional. You can go to their GP, or you can call 111. And I always say to parents, you don't have to think, oh, it's only a small question. It is only a little concern. It's not a big deal. If you're concerned about it, it's a big deal. Yeah. Listen to it. Listen to your gut. And if all you get out of it is reassurance, that's an excellent outcome. And that's a good thing. But... Yeah. There might be just a few things, tweaks, support that you and your children can get. And I would say this is also goes for you as a parent. If you feel like you're on edge all the time, if you're feeling really angry, you're really struggling to cope. Talk about it with somebody. Make sure you look after your needs and your mental health as well, because that is the greatest and the biggest factor in being able to kind of contain and support your child's well-being.
2: Thank you. Thank you
3: so
1: much, Dr.
2: Yeah, Martin. That's you. been amazing. I mean, yeah, you've lifted a huge weight off my shoulders. Anyway, so yeah, yeah I and mean, mine. Can't thank you enough. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> you're so welcome.
1: Will you come back on again, and then we can maybe talk about um, our mental health, please? Not specifically mine and George's, <laughs> <love> but everybody's.
3: <laughs> Such a joy to be here. Thank you so
2: much for inviting me.
1: Again, another guest that I feel like we need on speed dial.
2: Yeah, absolutely. She's going in my phone book. She doesn't know it yet, but she'll be receiving many a WhatsApp from me.
1: <laughs> I, just, I just, I thought it was brilliant how we got to kind of throw all of those questions at her and I, I'm sorry if we didn't get to your question, but we had so many that were sent in, but um, hopefully that's kind of, you know, set some of your minds at rest and just kind of help to figure things out with our kids because it is a
2: minefield. It's hard to know. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, we're going to do products today around, you know, help, you know, helping our kids with their mental health and anxiety and all that kind of stuff and I know that you know buying something is not necessarily going to fix it but these are a few things that we kind of use to yep. help our kids yeah yeah
1: um, so I'm going to kick things off with an amazing series of books by an author called Esther Marshall. She's wonderful. She's written a uh, series of books called Sophie Says I Can, and it's basically all about um, building up your your, your children's confidence, um, yeah. letting them know that they can share their emotions and their feelings, talk to somebody about it if they're feeling worried or concerned about anything, if they want to share anything, and it just it just like beautiful illustrations, really lovely storylines. And I actually yeah. read it to Kit and Luna the other night, and they. Loved it.
2: Yeah, I think as well. It just opens up conversations, doesn't it? You know, yeah. like oh, you, you know, you really can, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. You don't yeah. need to be worried about. You know, I, I think that for me, anyway, with Axel, and I, you'll probably find this with Luna's age as well. I think reading stories is the best way to get them to talk about like feelings and emotions. Um, this is another, I guess. Uh, tool for nighttime. I mentioned the kids calm app before um making Axel a bit cross. <laughs> but um after Frankie Bridge spoke about it I have given it another go and I've also tried Headspace as well. And I think once you know once they get used to having these sort of sleep stories on and these kind of like kids meditation um yes you know, chats they do get into it and they yep. do relax so sometimes I will just an hour before bed like pop one on have it in the background while Axel's like sitting on the sofa where he maybe would have been watching tv um, and I'll just pop a story on so it is definitely something to try but also to persevere with like if at first they don't like it it doesn't mean it's not going to work I just yep. keep keep trying
1: Yeah, Yeah, love that. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, keep going with it and hopefully you're going to get a good result. And I also loved um, talking, you know, you just mentioned the telly there about Dr. Marta kind of saying, you know, all screens all telly like an hour off before and we've we've, yeah. um, we've been doing that for like about a year and it is actually helping massively with them going to sleep at night it really does show yeah. them out you don't realize i'm wired i was on my phone last night night before and i, I think we were trying <laughs> it was me and you
2: wasn't it yeah it was yeah you were like going to sleep. bed <laughs> and then i went straight to sleep and i was completely wired from the blue light like really bad yeah i to- actually ordered some of those blue light glasses oh my god I'm not joking the story gonna, I and, and I've got some for Axel as well um, just because of you know sitting on screens doing yeah. like these zoom lessons all yeah. day he's wired so I have actually got them so you know maybe that's another thing that's nice. useful Love that. <laughs> um, the next product is
1: aromatherapy play-doh now, this is supposed to be phenomenal stuff. You've got it, haven't you, G? And it's a really yes. nice um, kind of calmer and relaxer for the kids. So whilst they're... Thera- therapy, therapeutic. Whilst they're, you know, making their Play-Doh, roll- rolling things up, they get a really nice aromatherapy smell off the Play-Doh and they don't know it's happening, really. So it's um, it's quite a nice trick just to chill them out a little bit more.
2: Yeah, it's like a little stress ball for kids. Yeah. Um, and last up, I mean, we've spoken about worry dolls before and this is, I guess, a similar concept. Um, this is from my first years and it's a worry monster, so you can get it personalised as you know you can with a lot of the stuff from my first years. And it's a little toy, it's a little cuddly monster, and it's got a zip on its belly, so you, you can write down their worries and pop them in, and it's almost like once you've popped them in, it's like the worry monster is taking those worries away from you. That's
1: um, a nice idea. Yeah, yeah, it's really
2: nice. Um I mean there's loads of good stuff out there um that can help. And I know, yeah, as I said before, I know it's not might not fix all of their issues but it will go somewhere in helping for sure
1: absolutely um, listen thank you so much for sending in all of your questions this week we have loved this chat um, so yeah as always we would love you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast if you do have time and as georgia always says keep sending the pictures in
2: yeah please we love seeing how you're listening and do keep your suggestions coming um we're constantly using your suggestions as well for guests and experts so please dm us at made by Mamas or on zoe's own channel at zoe harvman Uh, and we'll see you on tuesday see you then
0: selling a little or a lot